Hi, Signature Associates and friends. Welcome to the Signature Edge Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you design an uncommon and impactful career in the business of healthcare. Together, we are making a difference for our clients by lowering the rising costs and administrative burdens associated with great care. Engage with us as we spotlight big ideas to discover an uncommon you through leadership, teamwork, and focus on the healthcare industry. Think deeply, commit fully, and take yourself to the next level of performance. Hey, Edge listeners, it's Amy here. Welcome to this week's show. We're so glad to have you here. Today, we're going to hear from Annie May. She's a trainer in our VA operations. Her and I talked a little bit about the how to make things better. And she has a really interesting perspective on it that I think you're really going to like. Then we're going to get the whole group together, Mark, Chris, myself, and we're going to dive deep into ways that you can make things better at work and in life. Welcome to the show. Annie May Beatham, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here too. Okay. Now we got to let the listeners know Annie May and I go way back because last year, Annie May was part of the 2021 Emerging Leaders class and she was my mentee. And so I got to know Annie May really well. So this is like a reunion on podcast. (laughs) Most definitely it is. I was very honored to have you as my mentor, Amy. Thank you so much. For the listeners, so I already know this, but for the listeners, will you tell us how long you've been at Signature and tell us a little bit about your role? For sure. So I've been here since 2019, July 2019, when we actually launched what was formerly known as the Provider Experience Center. Currently, we are making a transition into the Customer Experience Center as we are now filtering in beneficiary calls instead of just provider calls. Um, So I started with the C4 department, which is the Community Care Contact Center, and I've moved around to multiple different um, departments while on the VA contract, kind of helping out, boots on the ground kind of a thought process. Um, But currently what I do is I am the C4 training manager. So I'm currently the person who's greeting all of those new hires coming into the firm and giving them the equipment and the knowledge that they need so they can better succeed um, in their careers and also better succeed in taking care of um, other people's lives around us. That's so great, Annie. Thank thank you for all you do for Signature. I have to tell you, today we are going to talk about I will make things better, the principle of the signature way. And when Addison, the producer, and I were brainstorming this, we said, Annie Mae has to talk about this. So I'm going to read the definition, and then will you tell me what making things better means to you, okay? So to make things better, you accept the challenge. You run to issues. Instead of running from them, you add value by seeking out problems that need to be solved and offer impactful solutions. If you see issues that need to be fixed, you fix them quickly. What does it mean to to you to make things better? Oh, so one, not running from the problem. You know, there's so many things that a lot of people get intimidated about addressing and putting themselves out there and that confidence that comes with it. Some people, in fact, um, Amy, you were somebody who helped me with this, making sure that I get out of my comfort zone and not feeling annoying tackling those problems, but actually encountering them face on and making sure I have a trusted network around me to, you know, get their ideas and perspective on it as well. So, 
for me to make things better, it's, it's almost daring to be brave, willing to do the hard work, willing to get your, your boots dirty is honestly what I feel, you know, making things better, seeing in a need and filling a need. Um, that's actually from a kid's movie that has always resonated with me. When you honestly see a need, you know, you got to fill that need. Somebody has to. So really honestly being brave to make you that person, be that person that is needed for that moment. I love that you talked about being, it's, it's a brave thing to do to make things better. That really, that's one of our core values is courage. How, what gave you kind of the chutzpah, if you will, to be brave? Where did you find that bravery inside you? I mean, I'm so glad that I made my way to signature performance first and foremost, because emerging leaders was something that really was something that impacted me um, pretty significantly. It was a mirror where I had to have a hard look at myself and really honestly, you know, give myself, allow myself the confidence to be brave, to make mistakes. As Mark says, um, if you're going to fail, fail fast, you know, and then bounce back from it. So it's one of those things that I really take to heart, those, those mentorships and those lessons and building off of um, those around me who have encouraged me and also making sure that I've encouraged myself that it's okay to fail, that it's okay to be vulnerable and put myself out there. You mentioned a while for me to check out Brene Brown um, on Netflix. And one of the things that she talked about was being brave. If unable to say anything, even if you failed, you can at least look at yourself in the mirror and say, I was brave. And so I really, for me, that, that courage, that confidence to just be able to put myself out there and try my best, you know, like that in itself is, is honestly the gold ticket to growing others and helping others around you and making things better. That's so awesome. And I love that you brought up the emerging leaders program that we talked about a little bit earlier too. Yeah. Um, the more information you have, the more opportunities for bravery that come. And so I think you put yourself in a situation where you got to be inundated with um, knowledge and wisdom and information from all our senior leaders. And so that is a lot of people come out of that program saying that they feel um, a lot of confidence. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Now, Annie Mae, you told me one time about a way you made the transition from training to managers better. Will you, will you tell the audience about that? So it kind of goes back to that thought process of when you see there's a need filling it. And there was a big need when new hires would come into the firm, I would get to know them. I would get to know those little qualities that they had, but their ops managers who would eventually you know, be on the other side receiving them, they didn't get that same luxury as I did in my 13 day training program. So one, I really wanted to make sure that they had enough while in training time, at least to get a good grasp of things. And then I also developed a, like a participation report is the, what we kind of phrase it here. And it really shows their engagement through um, the onboarding process and through training. So people, um, when they do hit that live training atmosphere and they go to start taking those calls on the uh, customer experience center, those ops managers know like, hey, my individual, they're, they're a quiet individual, but they've been solid through training. So I can pour into them and let them know, hey, you got this and, and you don't have to be timid asking these questions. So I kind of sort of just filled in that gap, filled in that need, that bridge, and just made sure that there was communication available between um, training and also then going into that production atmosphere. 
That's so awesome. And you really, I think, improve the experience that people are having in their first, the first 90 days is sometimes the hardest part of, of starting a new job is because you're figuring everything out and getting to know everybody and learning the culture. And so thank you for making that experience better. And oh, thank you for, for running sure. to a problem. I think that's um, what I'm going to take away from you, Annie Mae, is that really, if it doesn't, if you see a gap or something that you go, gosh, that could, that could be better or that probably isn't as good as it should be. Um, don't be afraid to run to it. Oh, well, for sure. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. It was an honor. It was great to talk to you. Welcome back team to Signature Edge. What a great interview, Amy. Thanks so much for that. I love to hear what Annie May has to say about making things better. But I'm really excited today to get together with you, Chris, and you, Amy, and really talk about this tenet of the signature way. Before we get going, let me kick it off to both of you with a quick question, and then let's dive into some of the meat of what Annie May brought forward. But first, is it easy for you to trust other people? Go. So Mark, that's uh, an interesting question, because I was looking through my leadership playbook today and recognized that. Uh, in the scoring for trusting of others, it's one of my growth areas. And I think for me, it's, uh, I, I don't know what the driving force behind that is. It's just, I like to see people prove themselves before I give them all my trust right away. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's something I'm trying to work on to give more trust sooner. And what are your thoughts, Amy? One of the things I learned this week actually about trust is it's like a balance between character and competency. And so one of the things that I think I struggle with is if one of those seems out of whack, then I have a really hard time being fully in to trust somebody. And so I think that when someone comes across really competent, but has not great character, then I, I can feel that. And so that's where I struggle. So I always look to trust people who have equal parts character and competency. In going through this exercise in the playbook, it was, I, was, I was having trouble making the ties back from trust to making things better. What are your thoughts on that connectivity between those two things? Yeah, so, so Chris, I, I would say this. First of all, thanks to your vulnerability, because when we talk about Annie May's conversation about being bold and courageous, I think it starts here. Chris, I would just say that everything, and I mean everything, rises and falls on trust. Trust is a core component of being able to make things better because we make things better when we do it together. And I think intuitively, trust isn't as natural as we'd hope it would be. For an example, one of my top five strengths is relator. And the thing about a relator is it's a smaller network, but typically goes deeper. But the overarching element to get to a relator is trust. They're easy to be trusted, but they don't give trust away quickly. And so the journey that we're on to make things better requires us that we become better partners in business and that we learn to work together better. So I think trust is really the key. It all comes down. When Alden Mills was in um, the office talking the other day, he said, it's all about trust. It's everything. And, and so I really echo his sentiments when it comes to trust. I think it's an important part of it. And when it comes to making things better, when you are trustworthy and you can then trust, everybody feels empowered to do their best work and make things better. A lot of times we make mistakes as we make things better. So you need that trust to keep the team together as you go to make things better. That's that's a, my sense. Did that help, Chris? 
It does. No, it makes a lot of sense. I always think of trust as like a bank account, right? And, you know, people are either making deposits or they're making withdrawals, depending on their actions, attitudes, and, you know, your interactions with them. And so, um, you know, again, for me, my goal is to try and give people more cash in their bank account to start with and then let them uh, see the outcome from there, so to speak. Yeah. And, and it is a, it is a walk. It's a, it's a trust walk and a journey we're all on, which brings us over to you, Amy, and this great interview you did with, with Annie May. She brought up something that I didn't know that I would have expected. Um, um, but this idea of being bold and courageous, can you share a little bit about um, how that impacted you when you heard her talking about that? Yeah, I, it, she went a different direction than I thought she was going to go. I mean, when we, when I thought about making things better, I immediately went to Annie Mae because she has shared some process changes and some innovations she's made in her new, in her current role that I really liked. And when she took it to that, in order to make things better, you have to be brave. I thought, you know, that's actually, it's really profound because when you run to a problem, you have to be brave enough to tackle whatever that problem is. When you have to resolve issues, that takes bravery in order to go do that. It's not easy to have an uncomfortable conversation and resolve that. It takes bravery to contribute new ideas and to really dig deep and say, I, this is what I see. I mean, this is an idea that I have and to, with the risk of getting shot down. Right. And so I was, yeah, I was really thankful about that. And I think um, one of the things that when Annie and me and I, um, we're in a mentoring relationship during her emerging leaders journey is she was trying to become more brave. And so we, we talked a lot about how was I brave this week? And I think that was, um, and I, and I have a little phrase, brave, not perfect. And so we kind of married all that, but that's, um, that's, I, I really, I, I really like making things better takes uh, courage, which is one of our core strengths. So it all kind of comes together. That's great, Chris. When you think about, when you think about this idea of being brave, and from your role, right, you were an entrepreneur, then you were a project manager, and now heading some of our Claims XM work. Um, it takes a lot of courage to point out problems. H how would you suggest people learn how to be more brave, brave enough to point out a problem, even though it's really uncomfortable to do that? A good place to start is developing your diplomacy skills, right? You know, if you go to someone and say, you're really messing everything up, you know, <laughs> instantly they go on guard, right? Or you know, here's a big problem that you've created. It's not a great way to find a solution as opposed to coming to someone and saying, hey, I've noticed we've got this situation coming up and I'm wondering, do you have any ideas about how we could address this or, you know, whatever it might be that being diplomatic with folks and, and just being, um, you know, respectful of who they are and the value that they carry takes you a long way as you go down this road to one, building that trust you were talking about, but also improving things and making things better. Yeah, I mean, all the trust in the world doesn't do you any good if you don't have the bravery to bring up the hard issues to um, utilize trust, right? If trust is an asset, it's something that you have to use and you have to be very brave and willing to step into it uh, to be able to get that. And I like um, Annie Mae, how she, how she said, you know, getting your boots dirty. Uh, we always talk about it, signature, roll up your sleeves. And there's a component of getting things done that's actually us getting things done. And then it's inspiring the team to move projects forward, which requires a lot of that. What does it look like when I say this, standing in the gap? So Annie May also discussed her journey through Emerging Leaders, which is a fantastic program we have 
here at Signature for just personal development and growth in your career. When I went through the Emerging Leaders Program, I had a major aha moment that was related to something called the leadership statements. And so part of the exercise is everyone writes their own leadership statement. And, you know, after I, I put a lot of thought into a lot of introspection into who do I want to be as a leader? And we're all supposed to do this and post this out in a public forum for our, all of our other uh, Emerging Leaders members to read. So I put mine out there and Melanie and Danji, who, who lead Emerging Leaders, got on there and, and they left some feedback for me. And But I kept going back and checking, right? Like, I want to see more feedback. How do I improve? What, what can I do here? And realized I had a need there for some fulfillment, right? For some interaction. And it wasn't coming from the other people and not a negative against anybody in the group, but it was one of those things that's like, okay, if I have this need, I bet you everybody else is kind of feeling the same way, or at least some people are. And so I noticed that here's a gap that I can fill. So I went out and I read everybody's statements and I tried to give them feedback. And it was the most satisfying, fulfilling thing I did as part of that program, just because I got to see into the minds and the hearts of, of uh, my fellow uh, students. But it's one of those things where I saw something, a problem in myself, right? Something that I was needing and then took that to go make things better for those around me. And I don't say that to puff myself up, but other to say that I'd never had that thought before of if there's a need that I'm feeling, instead of trying to satisfy my own, see how I can satisfy that for others. So, yeah, that's an incredible breakthrough, Chris, and, and a, a neat way to look at it. And also brave to, to recognize that. Um, Amy, what about you standing in the gap? I'm a pretty, I see visuals in my head. So when I see standing in the gap, I picture a cliff and a valley and then another cliff up here. And so when I picture standing in the gap, that's building a bridge to close that gap. And so I think in order to build the bridge, you have to be dependable, consistent, trustworthy, and, and, and really um, un, and understanding what's going on, knowing your stuff. We talk about that and really closing that so that, it, that people can get across to the other side easier than before. And that's what I see when I hear standing in the gap. You know, uh, in project management, you know, there's a lot of training surrounding uh, solutioning problems and mitigating risk and identifying these different things. And, and so when you identify the gap, right, we call that qualification. There might be a, a qualification of a problem or a qualification of a risk itself. Really step two is then to quantify that risk or issue. You know, how severe is it? What's the impact? Who, who's, who's being affected by this? Uh, then you work to strategize the solution. How do we fix the problem? How do we fill the gap? What's, what's going on? You know, what is a way to address this? But you don't just go and dive in. Then you need to do a, a comparison. You know, is the amount of work and effort it's going to take to fill this gap going to be worth it? Or is it be better to walk around, right? There's different ways you can address the problem. Uh, and then you take action. You know, you're either going to address the problem, avoid the problem, and communicate it with others so they don't fall into the same gap, or you're going to transfer the problem and, and share it off with someone else who might be able to address it better or more effectively than, than you can. Practical steps there when you see a gap. That's really wise, Chris, because just because you see a problem doesn't mean that it, solving it's going to help the business anymore than right. if it still was there. You can still have some gaps and the business still is, is going to be successful. So that's where you have to 
where we talked, I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about working on the right things. And so you right. got to really evaluate that gap. You gave great steps there. That's really good. Yeah, it's amazing how often we distract ourselves to fix a problem that in, ends up delaying the schedule because of the domino effect, right? And it's like, we can really go around that and resolve it later, or maybe not even resolve it at all. And evaluating, is it really going to make something better? When we talk about our work that we do within the healthcare industry, um, lowering administrative costs and burdens is one of those calls where we've been brave enough as an organization to step up and identify the problem. And now putting solutions or solutioning, like so many have stepped in there and said it's unfixable or you, it can't be fixed. And yet here we are, Chris, you're in the forefront of it. Talk about get your boots dirty. Um, we're doing everything we can to, to, to address this problem one step at a time. How hard is it for us to make things better when it's not going to be instant, when it's going to take a thousand small efforts by a lot of smart people to begin to move the needle. What does it take to be resilient when you're trying to make things better? How do you stick to it? I think consistency is really key here. Stick-to-itiveness, <laughs> to use an interesting word. I was on a call yesterday with Josh Klein, our VP of Operations, and we have this issue that we're dealing with in Claims XN on how do we improve this element, right? Vendor matching. And Josh came up with this great idea, you know, we call it the nuclear solution to a problem, right? Like, let's start from ground up. What if we tried this entirely crazy new line of thinking? And it's a fantastic idea and it could totally uh, enhance the way we're handling claims, but it's very different from what's being done now. And so while we see pretty clearly this is a great way to go. We now have to start the whole process of convincing VA that what you've been doing for 30 years may not be the right way to go. And maybe we can take it a different direction that will improve things for everyone in the long run and make things better and reduce costs and overhead and all the things that we're, we're striving for. But, you know, things don't move quickly, right? <laughs> Cruise ships don't turn on a dime. It just takes that consistent drip message in and um, revisiting to, to make the changes happen. So when we think about, when we think about, and Chris, that, that was really insightful and a real example of how we're diving in to improve and lower healthcare administration costs and burdens. So let's talk about call to action. And Amy, I'm going to lead, lead this question or send it over your way. What could and what should, based on what you and Annie talk about, based on our conversation today, what's one way our listeners can plug into making things better and something they could begin maybe even today? Well, I think one thing they could do is write down where have they been brave this last week and what, what and why, why did they decide to be brave in that moment? Sometimes I think that little bit of self-reflection goes a long ways and it helps you see a different side of yourself. The other thing I'd evaluate is what problems are you drawn to and, and why? And really dig deep, keep asking yourself why till you get to the end of it, because then I think that's gonna help you find what you're truly passionate about. Because if you're, it, it takes a long time to make things better to what Chris was saying. So if you're gonna really dig in and make something better, sometimes, not always, but sometimes it takes a long time and you better 
love it if you're going to go do it and be passionate about it. And so that's what um, that's what I would do. Maybe just a little bit of what are you drawn to and see what what it tells you about yourself. Well, those are two great takeaways and two great actionable items that folks can sign up and, and get involved with. What's the what and why? What do you get drawn to? Why is that important to you? By the way, those are both reflective white space time. So give yourself a few minutes of clear space so you can think through those questions and come up with some answers for yourself. Because when we're able to lean in together effectively, anything is possible. It's why I'm convinced that Signature will achieve our goal of reducing costs and burdens in the healthcare industry. And it's why I think people, great leaders like Annie May and you both, are able to make things better each and every day. To our listeners, thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, would you please subscribe? I would also love to hear your feedback on the podcast and the material that we're presenting to you. And until we talk again, thanks for joining us on The Edge. Chris and Amy, it's been an enlightening talk. I appreciate you both. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody. Bye, Mark. Signature Performance is the foremost leader in healthcare administration. Your work advancing our mission is transforming healthcare in the U.S. Signature is bringing together the best and brightest in healthcare. Discover opportunities at www.signatureperformance.com careers and be inspired to build an uncommon career that matters.